Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast. Today we're going to break down the Week 16 Monday Night Football NFC North Divisional Rival matchup between the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers. Before we get into this showdown slate with a few hundred thousand dollars to first, chump change, right? Uh, please do hit the subscribe button and let me know down below who is your favorite player below 6,000 on this slate. One person who does write that into the comment section leaves a five-star rate and review on the audio version, whichever one you want to do, uh, and leaves a Twitter handle or PayPal, some way for me to contact you. I will do a $10 giveaway for this specific video. Let me know who's your favorite play below 6K. The catch is you have to be a subscriber, so hit the subscribe button, totally free, and you have to hit the notification bell, also totally free. Helps you inse- helps me incentivize you to join this community here while also giving a giveaway around to the community. So it seems to have been popular over the last week or two since we've been doing this. So check that out. I also have Patreon exclusive content linked down below. I will have tiers, rankings for the showdown slate, but also I have content going out every single day, whether it's in the NBA, NFL as well, and there will be PGA content in the coming weeks once that season kicks back off. So be sure to check all of that out over on Patreon. It is what keeps the likes on over here as an independent content creator. That is where I house all of my exclusive content. You can check me out on my social media accounts as well. Twitter, at DFS, Instagram, SalVetri. So thank you once again. Let me know who is your favorite play below the 6K range. If you leave a five-star rate and review on the audio version, answering that question, subscribe to the podcast, you'll get three entries into the, the little wheel that I've been spinning to see who gets the $10 giveaway tonight. And again, subscribe, notification bell on YouTube to be eligible. Leave a way for me to contact you. Thank you so much. And let's get into this one-game showdown slate. So Starting with um, a couple of injury news, nothing really major uh, on both offenses here, um, at least from a perspective of if you've been following news for the past week. Uh, If not, well, then you have some serious news. Dalvin Cook is going to be out for this one for Minnesota. Alexander Madison will be a game-time decision, and at best, it seems like if he's active, he will be significantly limited. So for our showdown and fantasy purposes, at least for DFS, if you're hoping to have a much clearer path to how to understand the slate, you want Alexander Madison just ruled out. Because if he's in, he'll be limited, maybe sees around 12 carries, which really hurts the upside of guys like Mike Boone. And if you were to have some sort of interest in Amir Abdullah, and C.J. Ham, some of the other running backs on this team, fullbacks, um, if have any outside interest in those guys, it really hurts them, mainly hurting Mike Boone because he won't have an opportunity to see a, a workload or a lion's share of the carries as opposed to if Alexander Madison is in there, probably he's taking away goal line carries and at least taking away, I would say, a minimum of 8 to 10 touches. So we'll track the Alexander Madison news. I have no updates for you on that because as of right now, game time decision, he only did practice on Saturday in a limited uh, extent over the last two weeks. So it seems if I had to guess that he's not going to play, but if he does play, it will ruin a lot of things. I am personally somebody who hope hoping he does play because it will cause a lot of havoc for other people. People will not know what to do with that, whereas I will be prepping myself to know what to do if that does does indeed happen instead of putting him in my lineups before. I will have uh, situations and crunches, um, if you will, uh, in both situations if he plays or not. So starting with my interest, and really on the Packers, no major injury news there. Starting with the Packers here, and they are coming in as underdogs on the road here. The the significance of this game, the Packers lose, they still probably win the division here. So it, at this point, it's just the Vikings already clinched the division. There's really not much movement between maybe the five and the six seed for the Vikings in the wild card. 
for the Packers, there's a lot on the line. Seattle ends up losing yesterday to the Cardinals, um, and now there's only three teams who could potentially end the year 13-3 and for the NFC, the Packers, the Saints, and the 49ers. Uh, if the Packers win this game, they get to face the Lions next week, who have just no Matthew Stafford, and it's probably a cakewalk win for the Packers. So Packers win this game, they automatically clinch the division. If they lose and they win next week, they clinch the division. So the Minnesota Vikings, their faith is not in their hands regardless of if they win today or not. I doubt the Packers will lose next week to David Blau's Lions. So it's a situation where the Packers are going to have a ton of motivation on the road here. So yes, there's no reason to think that if they get down, well, they'll just mail it in. No, they want a first round bye. That is huge for a team that for the most part is probably one of the most phony 11 and three teams that we've seen in a while. And all the Packers fans out there, don't get your, don't get your um, panties in a bundle or something. I am a Packers fan myself. This is a pretty phony team. And I think you know it, but that doesn't matter when you get to the postseason, especially if you get to a bye, you have a good quarterback and a pass rush. That's all that matters. So Starting with my S's, I have a currently 14 players in an interest pool. Again, as I always say, if this is your first time watching me, if you're playing more than 5 to 10 lineups, I would add a couple more players into that interest pool, especially if you're playing 20, 50 plus. Um, and I am a little bit, I'm getting a little bit strict with this pool here. I just want to really trim off the fat, if you will, and not have guys who seem like trick plays. And I think a couple of the guys that I have as maybes might be that, and we'll discuss them. Uh, Devontae Adams at the top, he's a yes for me. I have three yeses on this slate. Adams over the last four weeks has run 34 routes per week. Over that time, he's seen 10 targets per game, and he's had a touchdown per game on 24 receptions, so six per game for 251 yards. He's been pretty standard, pretty Devontae Adams-esque. You're going to get probably a game where they're on the road as underdogs, more so, more than average in terms of Aaron Rodgers' pass attempts, especially with the poor outside cornerback play that the Vikings have compared to their defensive line and run stop. I think Aaron Rodgers throws a minimum of 35 times in this game. I'm projecting him to throw 38, which would be about seven above his season average. And I'm not shocked if you see him throw into the 40s. If Devon, if Aaron Rodgers is throwing seven more times in a season average, close to 20% more than he usually throws, well, then I think that's going to directly translate to Devontae Adams seeing 20% more targets than he usually sees, which is about 10 per game. So uh, I think you can project Devontae Adams for somewhere around 12 targets per game in this one and feel confident. It seems like a bullish projection, but I don't think that it is. If the guy's seeing 10 projections in an average game when they're below average and trailing on the road, I think 12 is a realistic outcome. He has a positive 28% matchup against Xavier Rhodes. That is a top eight matchup on the entire week 16 slate, even dating back to yesterday's games. Uh, secondly, Herb Smith Jr.'s 3,000. He's a yes for me. He's ran the second most routes on the Vikings over the last month. Now, obviously, Adam Thielen was out for three of those games, but that's 27 per week. The rookie tight end was very versatile. Now, his overall usage has been good in terms of his routes run and his snaps. But the performances have not been as great. Uh, nine, nine receptions for 55 yards and a touchdown on 13 targets over those four weeks. So not a ton of usage here. It's not great. But Green Bay does struggle immensely against tight ends. Every tight end that they face, all the way, whether it's Caden Smith, all the way up to Travis Kelsey in the middle of Greg Olson's uh, downfall, not downfall, but the town turn of his career. They've all had great games against them. Um, I know Irv Smith is probably, to a lot of people, the secondary option as a tight end on this Vikings team, but I would argue that he's right there as a 1A, 1B option in terms of routes run, snaps, and overall usage on the team. $3,000 left has more than half the price of his other teammate in Kyle Rudolph. I will take my chances on Irv Smith Jr. today, especially if he's going to run 25 routes against a team that just has no idea how to cover tight ends. Jamal Williams is my final yes, and it's really a pricing thing. He's 5200 He's being outtouched by Aaron Jones 63-48 to 48 over the last month. Now, this is pretty much normal what we've been seeing for most of the year when both of these guys are healthy. What that breaks down to on a per-game basis is 15.8 touches per game for Aaron Jones over the last four and 12 for Jamal Williams. So Aaron Jones is seeing about three to four more touches per game, nothing more in the receiving game. They're pretty average or pretty similar there. 
So three to four more carries per game. So it's not like PPR based where he's getting an extra couple of points as well. Jones in those spots. It's literally just three to four touches more per game on the ground. Their red zone usage is very similar. Uh, It seems as if Williams to me is wildly underpriced. If you're going to give Aaron Jones a 10,000, uh, a $10,800 price tag, uh, more than double Williams for an extra three to four carries per game. I get that he's the more explosive back, but it's still, it's it's a very similar touch count. That seems like a, a severe price difference. I mean, I think Aaron Jones should be in the 9K range and Williams should be at least in the 6K range. So at, with that type of a price discount, I'll take Williams. Also, if you're going to tell me that Mike Boone is potentially going to have Madison out today and see what, 15, 16 touches, or if Madison's in, see 12, and he's $4,000 more expensive than uh, Jamal Williams. It doesn't add up to me at all. I will take Jamal Williams at 5200 for a very um, generous discount here. <clears throat> My secondary interest, Adam Thielen at 8600 It's a neutral matchup against Jair Alexander for Thielen. I'm projecting him for seven targets, so it's just not a priority since Minnesota are favorites here. Um, I think that they probably throw the ball around 30 times, 32 times for Cousins. I think that leads to around seven or eight targets for Thielen and a difficult matchup for Thielen um, running some routes out of the slot where it'll be tough, but then the majority on the outside where he shifted a lot more this year since they're playing a lot more two tight end sets. Um, and when he is active, he's just not getting as much usage out there. He's been very touchdown dependent at 8,600. He's definitely in play. He's not overpriced, I don't think, um, but he's just he's properly priced and I don't think I need to prioritize it. Aaron Jones at 10,800. I do think he is overpriced. He has a positive 12% run blocking advantage because the Packers line is just that good. I'm projecting him for 14 carries and three receptions on four targets. So that comes out to 17 total touches on 18 opportunities. I think that's fine. I think it keeps him in play at 10,800 because of how often that he is used around the goal line. Him and Jamal Williams are both used similar rates in the red zone, but Aaron Jones has been used a lot more around the goal line, hence his 14 rushing touchdowns this year, and I believe 16 overall touchdowns. But he does seem overpriced as the second highest priced player on the slate against a Minnesota run defense that ranks top 10 in the league. Seems a little bit overpriced for me. I probably don't get there as much when prioritizing the top end guys. Again, I'd rather pay $600 more for Adams, who I believe would get there a lot more of the time. Aaron Rodgers at 10,400. He has a positive 20% run blocking advantage, even against this Minnesota uh, 10th ranked pressure team pass rush because his offensive line is that good now minnesota ranks fourth in pass coverage and a lot of that has to do with when they're in a zone a lot of that has to do with their really good slot cornerback play of mackenzie alexander who's been there 98 percent of the time in the slot this year and their safeties who have been very good their outside cornerbacks have been terrible trey wayne's uh xavier Rhodes have been awful but when you have good safeties good interior uh, defenders and a decent zone defense when you get into that it makes you a solid secondary so i'm a little bit suspect of the fourth overall ranking by pro football focus but it does make sense it's just their outside cornerbacks and man coverage have been atrocious but that doesn't accumulate their entire defense that being said, though, Aaron Rodgers, when he has time, even if they get into his own defense, it's great for Aaron Rodgers to pick them apart. And if not, well, then they have terrible outside cornerback plays in one-on-one matchups. If he's going to have time, he's a road underdog. I'm projecting him to throw seven more times than he usually does, 38 attempts. I'm not shocked to see it more. If I had to choose one quarterback today at similar price points for $200 more, give me Aaron Rodgers over Kirk Cousins. Stefan Diggs at 9,600. He's led the team over the last month with 126 routes per week. Um, he's just been seeing a lot of targets. The last time he played the Packers, he saw seven targets. He had a deep touchdown. He had a couple passes called back, including a touchdown catch. So look, he's $9,600. I would prefer Adam Thielen over Stefan Diggs for $1,000 less and probably a similar target share. Diggs is the bigger boomer bust receiver who probably gets to see some more Kevin King rather than Jair Alexander. And if that's the case, it's going to be a better matchup for Stefan Diggs. So you can play him if you would like. Um, I think there is the upside. Diggs and Thielen both have just had great games against this package defense in the past, although it's a much different defense this year when you factor in the pressure 
in their secondary. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Packers injuries. If they do get rookie Darnell Savage safety back today, that would help them, especially for a guy like Diggs. Uh, Diggs is just a secondary interest, similar to a guy like Aaron Jones. He's probably a guy I get to the fewest out of all these interests for me in, in this top end range of 9,000 or above. Mike Boone. Look, I have interest in Mike Boone if Madison sits. I'll project him for 16 overall touches if Madison sits and 12 if Madison is active. So there is a big difference there. Four four touches is huge for a $9,000 player, especially a running back. But it is fade worthy in my opinion because for a week now, we've just heard the hype, at least in season long because of the championship, more coverage on fantasy football these past couple weeks because of championship weeks in the playoffs and then people who have been eliminated are moving into the DFS space. Mike Boone at $9,000 seems ridiculously overpriced. Um, even if Madison sits. Yeah, it's the Packers' 26th-ranked run defense, although it's been improving over the last four weeks of the season. It's been their best month of the season. Kenny Clark playing like an absolute monster, and Dean Lowry becoming more of a staple in the run defense for the Packers. But that said, home favorite running back is a great spot to target. But is a great spot to target Mike Boone, who's a third-string running back, who, for the most part, he's looked good when he has his chances, but most part is known for his preseason excellence against third-stringers. Um, this Packers defense, as bad as it might be against the run or has been previous to the past four weeks, it's no third-stringers. It's Kenny Clark, who is one of the best run stoppers in the league. It's not a third-string defense in the preseason. So I'm skeptical on Mike Boone. And the big reason why is I think he's going to be over-owned. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be forcing Mike Boone into their lineups when they shouldn't be if Madison is out. So I- I'm honestly... I'm hoping that Madison is in because it'll cause a lot of trouble for people. It's an easy fade of Mike Boone for me. It's an easy fade of Madison for me at those price points. Um, But even if Madison is out, it might be an easy fade of Mike Boone for me just because of the price point. Yes, he can go for 20 touches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Even at that point, I'm not sure if it's needed at 9,000. There are a lot of expensive players in this slate. When you talk about players that are $9,000 or above, I believe there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 players, and then one's at 8,600 Thielen. Nine players at $8,600 or above. Do I think Mike Boone beats out? three of those players. No, I don't. So I'm probably not going to get too much Mike Boone tonight. He is an interest though, because of the fact that I have him projected for at least double digit touches on a showdown slate. Kyle Rudolph at 6,400. Look, Green Bay struggles versus tight ends. Rudolph is averaging 24 routes per week over the last three weeks, slightly behind his teammate and same position, Irv Smith, the rookie tight end that we talked about on his team. But over that span, he's averaging 3.4, 3.5 receptions for 44 yards per game and two touchdowns. So he's been just being more involved than Irv Smith, even though he's running a little bit less routes. Um, look, he's 6,400. He's in play for me. He'll have red zone upside. I do prefer Herb Smith, who is $3,400 less running similar routes. Rudolph is going to be way more involved in this offense, especially in the red zone. So against the bad Packers team, there is interest there. I would only play one of these two tight ends, though. Packers defense is in play for me. Minnesota is bottom 10 in t- take, uh, turnover percentage. Just 16 on the year and only five Cousins interceptions. He's been very good in that department. But the Packers, it's sort of, it's sort of um, who's going to win out here, right? Because the Packers are ranked number two overall in turnover differential due to their pass rush plus strong secondary. So 23 total turnovers this season. Um, they rank number two overall in turnover turnover differential, meaning that they don't turn the ball over because Rodgers has two interceptions this year and both of them are deflections. So really he should have zero. Um, but then you get that they have 23 total turnovers. Tur- total turnovers, seventh most in the league. Uh, Green Bay ranks sixth in pressure as well. If I was to pick a defense, it would be the Packers, which seems weird since their road defense is an underdog, but I think they have the better overall um, defense in terms of pass rush plus secondary to force turnovers. And the big thing is I think they have, they're have they going up against the worst cornerback, uh, quarterback in Kirk Cousins compared to Aaron Rodgers. For kickers, I'll usually say the same thing. Kickers are fine to get to. I recommend rostering at most one between Dan Bailey and Mason Crosby. You can pick whichever one you want. They have similar field goal props tonight. Uh, Jimmy Graham, look, it's a brutal matchup against Anthony Harris in the secondary. Harris in 13 games in safety coverage, mainly against tight ends. 
11 receptions, 156 yards, zero touchdowns, five interceptions during that time in 13 games. He's only an X due to his touchdown upside, Jimmy Graham. In 14 games this year, Jimmy Graham has 10 red zone targets, so less than one per game. But on a showdown slate where he's 3,200, the same price as the kicker, if you get that one red zone target today and it cashes in, there's a really good chance he's outscoring the kickers for a cheaper price point, so he's going to stay and play for me. He's averaging this season very close to what the kickers are averaging, um, 6.4 fantasy points per game for Graham. It's pretty much exactly what his kicker Mason Crosby is averaging, but we do know that Graham has a higher ceiling due to the touchdown upside, which is not much upside, but probably gets one red zone target today. Uh, John Moalson, 2,600. He was a no, then I made him a yes. It's the toughest matchup for any Packers wide receiver in the slot against um, Mackenzie Alexander, who's there at 98% of the time. John Moalson runs his routes out of the slot 27 or 72% of the time. Uh, in 11 games this season in slot coverage, Alexander has only allowed 26 receptions, 290 yards, and a touchdown. So he's pretty much giving up right now um, two and a half receptions per game and pretty much 25 yards per game. He's been fantastic in the slot and man coverage. Over the last six games since Devontae Adams has returned, Allison is running 25.2 routes per game, 13 receptions for 86 yards and no touchdowns. His routes are not deep at all. Again, 72% of his routes are coming out of the slot. He has 86 res- uh, yards on 13 receptions. He's been terrible. At $2,600, he's so cheap, though. I have him as a maybe right now. I'm going to tempt it, and I, I, I am really tempted to put him back to a no. He is the wide receiver three on this team behind Alan Lazard. There are other wide receivers who rotate in for six to eight to ten snaps each in Jay Kumaru, sometimes MVS. You're just getting a really tough matchup for a guy who, even if he catches three passes tonight, three passes at 2600 that's good. But there's a good chance those three passes are for a total of 20 yards. Go look at John Watson's game logs this year. It is terrible. Look at any Packer besides Devontae Adams. There was one game where Alan Lazard caught three passes on three targets for 100 yards and a touchdown. Outside of that fluky performance for Lazard, most of the time nobody catches more than three or four passes and doesn't go over 30 or 40 yards. At 2,600, it is very tempting. If the ownership on John Allison is like 5% or lower projected on the showdown slate, well then yeah, get the sum of it because there is touchdown upside. He has a few red zone targets this year. And like I said, over the last six games, he at least has two receptions a game, but that's translating to literally 13, 14 yards per game. So not much. Um, $2,600 right now, if you ask me to play one lineup, two, three, four lineups, none of them would feature John Wallace, even at that price tag. Similar similar uh, discussion for Amir Abdullah. Small interest if Madison sits, but probably none either way. I'm projecting him for seven touches if Madison sits, and only two if Madison is active. Green Bay does rank 26 first to run. Even if he got seven touches out of Abdullah, call it six on the ground or, or five on the ground, two in the air. I think more times than not, it probably translates to five carries, two receptions, a grand total of like 30 yards, and you have five fantasy points at 2,200, and that's nowhere near enough in my opinion. Kirk Cousins at 10,200. He's a home favorite. I have him here projecting just 30 passes. Green Bay ranks sixth in pressure, eighth in overall coverage. It's a steep price point for Kirk Cousins upside in this one, in my opinion, in a tough matchup, even at home. And again, if you're picking a quarterback, I'd rather pick Aaron Rodgers, who I think throws around 10 more times than Cousins and is a better overall quarterback. Alexander Madison, I have him in yellow because of the injury status. He's a game time decision, but likely be limited either way. If he's active, he's likely to ruin the three other backs upside in this backfield. Mike Boone, the main one, and it also will probably ruin his own upside. But at best, I think if it's active, though, it helps us if we're paying attention because people will own Alexander Madison. People will own Mike Boone. And in my opinion, they're both going to see around 10 to 12 touches and both be pretty useless at their price points. Even if they both had 10 to 12 fantasy points at 9,092 or 9,200, that's probably not enough to get you there. And I think that's really what the big upside is. So I'm hoping Madison plays because people will roster these guys and they won't have much upside in my opinion. Alan Lazard is wildly overpriced at 5,400. He likely sees three to four targets. He likely runs around 20 routes in this one. He has a positive 18% matchup on the outside versus Trey Waynes. It's not as good as Devontae Adams' matchup though. 
He did play a season-high 78% of the snaps last week, but more times than not, he'll play around 60% of the snaps. He'll run 20 routes. He'll see three or four targets. That is a brutal price at 5400 for Lazard. Now he's getting targeted downfield, which is better than Allison's five depth of targets, a dot, average depth of target. But for a discount of $2,800, I would rather play Geronimo Allison than Allen Lazard just because of the price difference. Vikings defense, there's no way. The Packers have the second fewest turnovers in the league, just two interceptions, both of which were deflections and seven fumbles this year. There's no way I'm paying for the Vikings defense, even at home as a favorite. Just Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over and this team doesn't turn the ball over. Second fewest in the league this season. Busy Johnson, $1,600. It might fool a lot of people. The price point might fool you guys, but Thielen's back in very little wide receiver three usage when Thielen and Diggs are both active. Uh, so far, we have five games this season since Chad Beebe. Yes, Chad Beebe got injured for the Vikings earlier in the year, and since Thielen has been healthy, five total games. Um, you have Busy Johnson running just 11.4 routes per game. At 11.4 routes per game, Busy Johnson is about $1,000 too expensive. So I have no interest here. And also the Packers slot cornerback play has been top three in the entire league, whether they're in a zone or man-to-man with Tremont Williams, allowing just one per reception, one reception per game in slot coverage. Jay Kumru, no thank you. He'll likely run somewhere around six to eight routes today. Maybe sees a target. Last week he had 49 yards. Hopefully that's all people look at. He was on one catch where he had a really nice after the catch move. Uh, but for the most part, he'll see one to two targets every couple of weeks. Um, he averages eight routes per week since Adams returned about six weeks ago. Eight routes run. Not great. CJ Ham, I'm projecting for three touches if there's no Madison and just two touches if Madison is in. You likely see a target out of CJ Ham and you likely see one to two short down carries, which the goal of those is to just pick up two to three yards. So $1,000 is $800 overpriced for him. Mercedes Lewis runs just 9.6 routes run per week this season when all the Titans are healthy. 13 total receptions in 14 games. He's averaging averaging less than one reception per game and 10.1 yards per game. At $400, I don't think it's worth it. That's where I'm at. I currently have, after making John Wallace a no, 13 players in a small interest pool. My guesses are Devonta Adams, Irv Smith, and Jamal Williams, and then you can filter through the rest. There's a lot of priced up guys on this slate. You have to ask yourself, if Alexander Madison is out, do you really think Mike Boone at $9,000, and he has to beat at least two of these other guys, I would imagine, because of all the expensive guys, do you think Mike Boone outscores Stefan Diggs, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Adam Thielen, and Devonta Adams? And then you could also throw in Kirk Cousins into that mix. Do you think he outscores, say, two of those guys? I just don't think so. I don't think that he does. I don't know if he actually has the talent to. So that's where I'm at right now. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to enter the contest down below in the comments. Who is your favorite play below $6,000 on this slate? For me, it would be Jamal Williams. Let me know if you're going to copy me or not. Um, Who's your favorite play below 6K? Leave your Twitter handle or PayPal some way for me to contact you. Must be a subscriber. Must hit the notification bell to be entered into the $10 giveaway for this video. I'll reach out to somebody once the video in this game really starts and kicks off. So we make sure that nobody tries to cheat and get in there after. Favorite play below 6K, let me know. Also, hit the subscribe button regardless, even if you want to join the contest or not. On the audio, on the audio version, hit the subscribe button and the five-star rate and review. Check out my Patreon exclusive content linked up down below and follow me on my social medias. Appreciate you all so much. Thanks for tuning in. You all rock. Have a great, great start to your week. Great Monday. Christmas is almost here. Happy Christmas Eve Eve. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.